Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Phi Mastery Podcast, where our focus is on providing tools, resources, and insights that empower driven individuals to secure their own path to financial independence. My name is Peter Donisanu, and today we're going to talk about a development in financial markets that's fascinating many investors at the moment, and that's the fact that U.S. stocks are back in bull market territory. More specifically, today we'll take some time to discuss the function of market narratives and how they tend to drive investor behavior, as well as the role of catalysts and how they can cause investor sentiment to change over time. Now, while we remain cautiously optimistic about what could be the start of a new extended bull market for U.S. risk assets, having an understanding of what is likely the current market narrative and how catalysts could affect the narrative in one way or another can help make you a more informed investor as we head into another period of market uncertainty. So with that, let's dive into today's podcast. U.S. stocks are back in bull market territory this month, but don't tell that to the market bears. That's because it seems like just around every corner, there seems to be a risk that could take the steam out of the current rally and send risk assets into a sharp drawdown only matched by those related to recent economic, political, or security dysfunction. Now, make no mistake, this year's risk asset rally is likely to be one of the most hated bull markets in history. That's because some of the major indices continue to charge higher even as various indicators point to hazards ahead for the U.S. and global economy, and hence corporate earnings that underpin corporate asset valuations. And you see, this is a particular problem for some investors because the thinking goes that it's foolhardy to be fully invested at a time of rising interest rates, slowing economic activity, and looming geopolitical risks because these events have the potential to topple risk asset prices that already appear to be overvalued compared to to many historical measures. Even so, some market bulls are taking even greater risks as they look past events that are likely already priced into the markets and shift their focus to up-and-coming developments that could supercharge economic growth over the next decade. So who's got it right here? Is the current rally nothing more than a bull trap that could lead to a renewed bear market and set the stage for one of the sharpest downturns in quite some times as rising interest rates trigger the next bank panic and economic recession? Or does this bull market have legs and will it continue to charge higher into the second half of the year. Now, while it's still unclear whether bulls or bears are making the right call, which way the market goes in the months and the year ahead will likely depend on the dominant market narratives currently underpinning investment sentiment. And so what do we mean here when we talk about market narratives? Well, a market narrative is a story that market participants tell themselves to rationalize a near or long-term investment decision. To be sure, all you need to do is turn on financial news channels or scroll through social media to get a sense of the story that some market participants are telling themselves and others as they defend their investment views. And while these views can range from a call on a particular stock, a sector, or asset class within the markets, what often drives the broader direction of the markets and hence general investor sentiment is the macroeconomic narrative. And what do we mean here? Well, let's use a hypothetical example to illustrate this point. Now, imagine we're back in a period of prolonged economic stability, like that period of 2014 to 2019. Now, during this time, GDP had been steadily rising, unemployment was at historic lows, and inflation was largely under control. And generally speaking, in a stable period like this, it created a prevailing narrative of continual, albeit moderate, growth in U.S. corporate earnings. As a result, risk assets went on a bullish run with many indices hitting all-time highs. In fact, from the start of 2014 to the end of 2019, the S&P 500 index nearly doubled in value. 
That's because investors got used to the steady state, predictable, low volatility market and just kept buying assets, which drove prices even higher. Now, you'll likely recall that the narrative at the time was that the Fed would have to raise interest rates to curb potential economic and market asset bubbles, but it was constrained by the economy's addiction to near zero interest rates and stubbornly low inflation that wouldn't move no matter what policymakers threw at it. Therefore, low interest rates and easy money policies would allow stocks to rise for an extended period of time. So then when we think of market narratives from this perspective, it's this sort of thinking that shapes investor behavior, making them more risk tolerant as they come to expect that the good times will just continue to go on and on. And again, this outlook led to increased investments in equity markets, leading asset prices higher, and arguably the formation of asset bubbles. At the same time, economic participants, namely households and businesses, had also become influenced by the market narrative. Indeed, given positive investor sentiment, firms have been more willing to issue new stock and debt offerings, and many investors readily stepped in to buy them all up. What's more, financial institutions continue to openly lend at low interest rates, fueling economic activity even more, and households gladly open their wallets to spend. Now, let's say some new information emerges that challenges this narrative. And what could this be? Well, this catalyst or new information could come from reports of potentially disruptive geopolitical tensions or signs of an economic slowdown in the US or some other major economy around the world. And now, why are such developments relevant when everything seems to be going okay? Well, this new narrative of impending uncertainty has the potential to shift investor sentiment quite quickly. And when an unfair catalyst crops up, the risk-averse investor might start pulling out their investments, leading to a sell-off in the markets, increased volatility, lower asset prices, and a decline in economic activity. At the same time, this narrative shift could affect corporate and financial institutions' behavior as well. That's because firms might hold off on issuing new securities, given the uncertain environment, and banks might begin tightening their lending standards. All right, now it's critical to note here that these narratives don't operate in isolation. That's because they're constantly interacting with catalysts like changing economic data, government policies, and geopolitical tensions that can influence investor psychology. To be sure, when new catalysts present themselves that challenge the current market narrative, it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy where the belief in a narrative can cause actions that make the narrative come true. For example, if investors believe that there will be a market downturn, their selling activity can actually cause the downturn itself. Indeed, if we extend our earlier narrative example beyond the end of 2019, you'll likely recall that an unexpected catalyst in March 2020 led to a dramatic shift in the market narrative. And do you recall what that catalyst was? That's right. It was the U.S. government announcing a national emergency in response to a COVID outbreak, which paved the way for an unprecedented economic shutdown and trillions of dollars in stimulus to support the economy and the markets. Now, initially, the national emergency announcement led to a sharp market sell-off due to the negative catalyst that was the pandemic, but was later supported by a positive catalyst that included supportive actions by policymakers makers that paved the way for an extended market rally only weeks later. Now, this process underscores the importance of monitoring and understanding the prevailing market narrative and potential catalysts as they can greatly influence investor behavior, market activity, and ultimately the economy at large. Now, considering where we are today, it would seem that there's still some uncertainty about the dominant market narrative. To be sure, the debate between bulls and bears is what leads to price discovery and makes for a more or less healthy functioning market. And more often than not, those debates and how they play out in the market through price action are not just about the dominant market narrative, but also about how various catalysts could potentially influence the direction of the prevailing market story. So then, what are the catalysts that are currently under consideration by market participants? Well, the dominant catalysts, likely up for debate, affecting the broader narrative, center on inflation.
inflation, central bank policy, financial instability, and the potential for an economic downturn. Now, as it relates to the first two points on inflation and central bank policy, you'll likely recall that uncertainty surrounding where inflation was headed, coupled with the fact that policymakers seemed asleep at the wheel, were the catalysts that led to last year's bear market sell-off. Indeed, inflation was supposed to be transitory due to supply chain constraints, but these factors transformed into stickier, widespread price hikes from across most economic sectors, which led to declining purchasing power and denting household wallets and consumer confidence. Now, it's essential to note that central bank policymakers usually aim for low and steady inflation because price stability allows for better financial planning and fosters overall economic well-being among households. Indeed, when prices are stable, households can more accurately predict their expenses, which makes it easier to budget and plan for the future. And so, without price stability, it's difficult to know how much money you'll need to spend on essential goods and services. And when this happens, it can lead to uncertainty and possibly financial hardship. And it was this catalyst that many market watchers had been calling out for quite some time. And when policymakers finally reversed their stance on transitory inflation and began rapidly raising interest rates 18 months ago, the dominant market narrative subsequently shifted. But now, with headline inflation having fallen to just over 4% in May for its lowest rating since April of 2021, and producer price inflation falling for 11 straight months, it appears that the two catalysts that had threatened economic stability, that is high inflation and high interest rates, are likely to come back to normal soon. And so for many of the bulls out there, it's arguably this outlook that has renewed investor demand for risk assets and underpinned the current market rally as many market participants are looking past the risk of high inflation and now pricing in central bank rate cuts by the start of next year as price stability returns to the U.S. economy. And so if inflation seems to be stabilizing and bringing policymakers to the point of normalizing interest rates, you might be asking yourself, well, what about the lingering financial instability issues and the looming economic recession on the horizon? I mean, don't these catalysts have the potential to derail the current bull market rally? Well, the short answer here is that it depends. On the one hand, a spreading bank contagion could bring into question the health of the U.S. and global financial system and spark a greater crisis of confidence in the U.S. and global financial markets. To be sure, this risk, while less noticeable than it was a few months ago, remains a salient threat. That's because even as headlines surrounding the failures of small regional banks have eased in recent weeks, data according to the Federal Reserve shows that banks are three times more reliant now on emergency funding from the central bank than they were during the height of the pandemic. What's more, the latest senior loan officer survey shows that both large and small U.S. banks are tightening lending standards and reducing overall lending to businesses and households alike. Indeed, in recent months, many financial institutions have announced planned exits from various auto lending and mortgage markets. And with central bank policy rates poised to rise to their highest level in two decades, market bearers could argue that it's all but certain that an economic downturn is just around the corner. So with all that said, it's possible that these two last catalysts have less bark than their bite. Now, make no mistake, many financial institutions are facing significant risks. Yet, it could be argued that the current plight of banks adjusting to higher interest rates likely has more to do with balance sheet management practices than general systemic concerns related to the quality of assets held by these banks. Indeed, this is a topic that we wrote about several weeks ago, and we specifically pointed out this distinction. Even so, the bank's precarious position is likely to make them less willing to lend, especially 
especially at a time when collateral backing many of these loans, like real estate and autos, are falling in value along with the decline in overall inflation. And what about this recession that we've been talking about for the past year? Well, it's true that higher interest rates have historically led to lower hiring activity, and so the potential for layoffs and subsequent weaker household spending remains an elevated risk. Even so, this labor market has been one of the most stubbornly strong markets we've seen in decades. To be sure, compared to historical recessionary periods, labor market data this time around has been more resilient, suggesting that while economic growth likely will slow into the end of the year, as many economists predict, a rise in unemployment likely could be less severe than we've seen in cycles past. So then, assuming that inflation and interest rates come down to more normal levels, regional banks find their footing and the economy experiences a soft landing in the second half of the year, then there's a case to be made that this bull market has legs. Again, you might ask yourself, but aren't valuations already stretched and isn't the current risk asset rally being led higher by a handful of the largest companies? Certainly, from this perspective, some assets appear overpriced. Again, these assets are largely tech-related that have rallied in line with expectations that artificial intelligence could lead to future economic efficiencies. With that said, however, many assets remain attractively valued given last year's sell-off. Now, add to this the fact that there is a historic $1.3 trillion parked in retail money market mutual funds, and a case could be made that we might see a reallocation and bull market currently supported by a handful of expensive names to one supported by a broader base of cheaper or fairly valued names as cash moves back into the markets once retail investors are convinced that negative market catalysts are likely to have less of an impact on the overall market narrative. So then, from this perspective, is now the time to dive into risk assets? Well, if you've been trying to time your way into the markets this year, then you've likely missed out on a number of opportunities. Indeed, if you've been following along with us this year, we made a strong case for remaining fully invested in the markets despite perceived headwinds. So who's got it right? Is the current rally nothing more than a bull trap that could lead to a renewed bear market sell-off and set the stage for one of the sharpest downturns in quite some time as rising interest rates trigger the next bank panic and economic recession? Or does this bull market have legs? And will it continue to charge higher into the second half of the year? Now, while the sustainability of the current bull market rally is questionable, we remain cautiously optimistic on the outlook for the U.S. economy and financial markets alike. Here again, we believe that investors should remain fully invested in the markets and not try to time their way into and out of the markets in anticipation of changing market narratives. Rather, you're likely best served by remaining committed to your disciplined long-term investment strategy. What's more, there's the potential for continued fits and starts in risk assets as incoming economic data lead bulls and bears to settle their dispute on the dominant market narrative. Well, that's it for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Phi Mastery Podcast. To learn more about our research, visit us at phimastery.com or email your questions to questions at franklinmadisonadvisors.com. Until next time, I'm Peter Donisanu, wishing you and yours abundant health and prosperity. Phi Mastery Podcast is brought to you by Franklin Madison Advisors, Inc. Franklin Madison Advisors is a registered investment advisor firm with its registration and principal place of business in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. This commentary and forecast are limited to the dissemination of general information pertaining to Franklin Madison Advisors investment advisory services and general economic and market conditions and are subject to change without notice. The information shared today is not intended to be personal, legal, investment, or tax advice or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or engage in a particular investment strategy. For additional information about Franklin Madison Advisors, including fees and services, please contact Franklin Madison Advisors or refer to the investment advisor public disclosures.